In December of 2002, during the early stages of my becoming a deacon, our pastor, Father Dan, asked if I'd give a reflection on the Feast of the Holy Family. At that time, Kelly and I had been married 15 years, and our boys were ages one and almost three. We thought we could never have children, but God had blessed us in the greatest, most unimaginable way. So of course I said yes to Father Dan. I had no idea back then that I had the opportunity to share our family's spiritual journey with you every year on this weekend. Yet here we are, 17 years later. This parish community has played such a huge role in the faith formation of our boys. Thank you so much for your prayers, your encouragement, and most of all, your friendship. Past couple of years, you've heard me talk about our emotional struggles while our oldest son, Charlie, is getting ready to leave for college. Today, our youngest son, Robert, is a high school senior, and boy, is he eager to head off to school. That means in eight months, we'll be empty nesters, which God willing, I promise, absolutely promise to tell you about it this time next year. Our priority now, though, is making sure Robert's head and his heart are ready to leave home. All I can say is, God broke the mold when he made Robert. Look at the head on that cabbage. Actually, Charlie and I have a couple other nicknames for him, but I digress. He has so many fantastic God-given traits that are all positive signs he'll do just fine on his own. He's undoubtedly one of the smartest kids in his senior class, and he researches everything, including fishing spots, as if he were writing a PhD dissertation. We've got 12 years of notes from his teachers describing how nice of a boy he is. His impressive circle of friends attest to that, as do all the post-game selfies he's got with fellow football players from opposing teams. He's a freak of nature as an athlete. All conference for two years in football and golf. Go figure. But his best sport is downhill skiing. The cool thing is that since age three, he has never met a chairlift operator that he hasn't said thank you to. And finally, some folks say he looks just like his mom. I don't know, I think he looks just like his dad. <laughs> Look at those eyes. But Father Tom hit it right on the head the first time he saw Robert and exclaimed, Jesus is in the house. Now if Robert were here, I am sure he'd tell you that looking like Jesus brings with it some pretty lofty expectations. Okay, but wouldn't a simple haircut and shave make his life easier? Well, actually, as a religious ed catechist at St. Mary's in Winnicott for the last five years, I've watched Robert and his friends grow in their spirituality. And what impressed me the most is teens really do want to grow. For 18 months, leading up to this past October, we did confirmation prep. We talked about the basics, like the commandments and the Beatitudes. But what the kids wanted to talk about the most, though, was how to really get to know Jesus. 
and what it takes to be a disciple. During our final gathering before confirmation, I asked the group what their most important takeaways were from the classes. They gave me four points that not only demonstrated their spiritual growth, but they're relevant for aspiring disciples of all ages. First, talk to Jesus often. I talk to my friends all the time. Am I really a friend of Jesus if I don't talk to him regularly? Let me repeat that. I talk to my friends all the time. Am I really a friend of Jesus if I don't talk to him regularly? What a powerful question coming from a bunch of teens. Number two, ask Jesus for help. Pray every morning for help with the things I've got going on that day. Better yet, I'll just ask God, what do you want me to do? Robert surprised us recently by choosing a college that wasn't on his original list. I sincerely believe it's because he asked Jesus this question. Number three, make myself available to Jesus. If I ask Jesus for help, then my heart, eyes, and ears need to be open to allow him to guide me where he wants me to go. What if Joseph would have ignored the dreams in today's gospel and done his own thing? Imagine where we'd be today. Finally, don't forget who you look like. I'm created in the image and likeness of Jesus. I need to look in the mirror every day, recognize my dignity, and act on it. But what does Jesus really look like? I think today's second reading is crystal clear. He looks just like compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. In 32 weeks, Robert will hand me the last marble left in his jar, from which he's given me one each week for the past 12 years when we pray together on Sunday nights. That will be a profound family moment. The next day, he'll be off to UW-Stevens Point. Back in February, he and I took a trip out west for a college visit and lots of skiing. It was one of the best adventures of my life but it paled in comparison to the confirmation journey with the Winnicott teens. Why? Because on confirmation day, we knew in our hearts that Robert and his friends in Christ had truly become disciples and were spiritually ready for the next stage of their lives. As Christian parents, when our sons and daughters leave home, there is no greater comfort.